0: There once was a woman who wanted so much to have a child, but she did not know where she could find one, until one day she met an old woman in the forest.
1: What troubles you, my dear? the old woman asked.
0: My heart is set upon having a child, but
1: I have none.
0: The old woman smiled and said,
1: That is easily fixed. Here is a grain of barley, but it is not a normal seed. Do not feed it to a chicken. Or give it to a farmer. Put it in a flower pot. And you shall see. The woman did
0: not quite know what to make of this. But she was grateful. Thank you, she told the old woman. And so she took the seed and planted it. Soon after, the seed grew into a beautiful flower. Which looked very much like a tulip. But the petals remained closed. Such a pretty flower the woman said. Then she leaned over and kissed the pink petals. And just as she did this, the flower flew open with a loud pop. It was a tulip, but it was no ordinary tulip. Inside sat a tiny girl on a green cushion. She was no taller than your thumb. And so she was called... Thumbelina. The woman made her a cradle from a polished walnut shell. She made a mattress from blue petals of violets and a cover from a rose petal. And that was how Thumbelina slept at night. During the daylight hours, the girl would play on a table where the woman had put a plate of water surrounded by a wreath of flowers. On the water floated a large tulip petal, which Thumbelina used as a boat... And with two white horse hairs for oars, she could row back and forth and around on the plate. And the girl could sing too, and sing she would. Her voice was the sweetest and softest that anyone had ever heard. One night as Thumbelina lay in a deep slumber, a horrible, wrinkly old toad hopped into the house through a broken windowpane. The slimy toad jumped onto the table where Thumbelina slept under the cover of the red rose petal.
1: Here is a perfect wife for my son,
0: the toad said. She picked up the walnut shell with Thumbelina inside and hopped off with it, out the window and down into the garden. The toad made her way to a large stream with a muddy marsh along its banks. This was where the toad lived with her son. Ah, the son was just the same as his mother, slimy and smelly and horrible.
1: Oh, wax, oh, wax, oh, wax the was all he could
0: mutter when he saw the beautiful little sleeping girl.
1: Quiet, or you'll wake her, the old toad instructed. We do not want her to escape. We should put her on one of the water lily leaves out in the stream. She's so tiny and weighs nothing but a feather. It will seem like an island to her and it will not be possible for her to run away while we prepare our best room under the mud for you to live in as husband and wife. The stream
0: was home to many water lilies and it appeared as though they floated on the surface. The leaf furthest from the bank was the biggest one of all. And it was this leaf that the toad chose to place thumbelina upon the poor girl woke in the morning and when she saw where she was she began to weep she was surrounded by water and there was no way for her to reach the shore the old toad was busy at work preparing a room for her soon-to-be daughter-in-law then she and her son swam out to thumbelina's leaf they wanted to take her bed to her new room before carrying her there. The old
1: toad made a deep curtsy in the water and said, Meet my son. He's to be your husband and you shall share the delightful home I have made for you in the mud. Quacks, quacks, quacks,
0: was all her son could say. The toads then took the walnut bed and swam away. Thumbelina. "'sat on the leaf and began to cry once more. "'The little fishes who swam underneath "'had heard what the old toad had said "'and they popped their heads out of the water "'to have a look at the girl on the leaf. "'And they felt very sorry for anyone so lovely "'to have to live with that hideous toad. "'They could not let it happen. "'So the fishes swam down "'and gathered around the green stem "'which held the leaf where it was "'and they gnawed it in two. "'And away Thumbelina went.' The leaf was carried so quickly downstream that the toads would never be able to catch her. Thumbelina sailed past many places, and as she floated down the river, birds sang to her, squirrels squeaked at her beauty, and an otter exclaimed, What a darling girl! And so it was that Thumbelina became a traveller. She was finally at ease, knowing that the toads could never catch her now. As she floated... A beautiful purple butterfly followed her on her journey, and finally, one day, it landed on the leaf. Thumbelina took a piece of her sash and tied it to the butterfly, and the other end she fastened onto the leaf. And when the butterfly took flight, it pulled the leaf along with it, so the girl travelled much faster now. And just as this happened, a doodlebug swooped down and grabbed Thumbelina It carried her away, high up into the air and into a tree. How frightened poor little Thumbelina was. The bug placed her on a huge green leaf fastened to a thick branch and offered her honey to eat, but Thumbelina wasn't at all hungry. And when the doodlebug had fallen asleep, Thumbelina, who could not sleep, heard a noise. At first she thought it was the wind, but after a few cries she heard... Go, go, go. Thumbelina could not see who it was in the dark of the forest, but finally she caught sight of a pair of eyes. It was a robin. Come, this is no place for a creature such as yourself. I shall free you. Thumbelina climbed onto the robin's back, and away they went, all the way down to the soft green grass. Thank you, she told the robin. And after the bird had flown away, Thumbelina found herself in a patch of the silkiest grass she could find and fell asleep. When she woke, she set out to work. She wove herself a hammock out of grass and hung it under a leaf to keep herself dry from the rain. She collected honey to eat and dew to drink from the leaves each morning, and she lived all summer long alone in the woods, with only the birds and the warmth of the sun keeping her company. And soon, fall had come and gone, and the chill of winter was beginning to set in. Cumberlina was all alone, and as it grew colder, so did she. The leaf she used to keep herself warm had shriveled up and turned to dust. Her clothes were worn and threadbare. Snow began to fall and poor little Thumbelina knew she would freeze. She decided she must do something. So, onto her feet she went, arms wrapped tightly around her shoulders as she shivered with cold. She walked and walked until she reached the edge of the field and found the door of a field mouse. Inside lived the mouse, warm and comfy and cosy, with enough grain to feast every day of the long winter. Thumbelina stood outside the door, and when the mouse opened it, she pleaded, "'Oh, would you be so kind to share a bit of barley?
1: "'It's
0: been two days since I've found anything to eat.' "'Why, you poor dear,' said the kind old field mouse. "'Come in at once.' "'And so Thumbelina stepped inside. "'The mouse shared her dinner with Thumbelina, and took such a liking to the girl, she said, "'You would be welcome to stay here with me all winter.' but you must keep my home neat and tidy and you must promise to tell me stories, for I'm very fond of stories. Thumbelina agreed. She felt happy once again. But soon the mouse told her,
1: We shall have a visitor today. Every week my neighbour comes to see me and he is enough richer than I. He has more than one room and they are large and he wears the finest black velvet coat you have ever laid your eyes upon. If you could only convince him to take you for a wife, "'You would be well cared for, but he cannot see a thing, "'and you must tell him the very best stories you know, "'only the very best for my friend.'
0: "'Thumbelina was not pleased at the suggestion of marrying, "'especially marrying a mole. "'She would not even consider it. "'But soon the mole arrived in his black velvet coat. "'He complained for the first half of the visit "'and said he cared nothing for things like flowers and sunshine.' for he had never seen them and did not care to. Then Thumbelina began to sing for him, doing as the mouse had asked. She sang, The Monk Goes Afield, and Maybug, Maybug, Fly Away Home. The Mole fell in love with her soft and gentle voice, but he was too discreet to let his true feelings show. The Mole had just dug a tunnel from his home to theirs, and he invited the mouse and Thumbelina to use the tunnel whenever they wanted a visit with him, which he hoped would be often. But he warned them not to be frightened by the dead bird that lay in the tunnel. It had not been there long, but it must have been caught when winter set in. The mole led them into the tunnel, holding a torch made of decayed wood in his mouth to light the way. Suddenly he stopped, put his big nose to the ceiling and made a hole. The sunlight fell onto the dead bird. Thumbelina saw that it was a swallow. She felt very sorry for him. She loved all the birds who had sung to her all summer long. No more chirping from him now, said the mole. Quite right. Such a sensible man you are, mole, no, said the mouse. Thumbelina said not a word. But when the others had turned away from her, she knelt and smoothed the bird's soft feathers and kissed his closed eyes. Perhaps it was you who sang so sweetly to me in the summertime. What happiness you brought to my heart, dear bird. The mole closed up the hole and then led the way back to the lady's home. That night Thumbelina could not sleep, so instead she got up and wove a thick coverlet out of straw. She took it to the dead bird and spread it over him She then lay the mint leaf that had covered her own bed over the bird's head. Goodbye, pretty bird, she said. Thank you for all of your sweet songs. She lay her head on his chest and was surprised to feel a soft thump. The bird was not dead. His heart was beating. But he had been numb with cold and now that he was warm, he came to life again. Thumbelina knew something must have gone wrong for the poor swallow. Birds fly off to warmer places in winter. Thumbelina was but the size of one feather on the bird, but she was not afraid. The next night she ventured into the tunnel to check on him. He was too weak to open his eyes, but he was alive. "'Thank you, child,' the swallow said. "'I am warm now, and soon I shall be strong enough to fly again.' in the warm sunshine it is winter now it is freezing and snowing you will stay here in your warm bed and I shall nurse you she told him Thumbelina brought the swallow some water in the petal of a flower he drank it up and told her how he was not able to fly south for he had hurt his wing in a thorn bush and fell behind the other swallows but he could not remember how he had come to be in the tunnel Thumbelina cared for the bird all through the winter, all the while keeping it a secret from the mouse and the mole, for they did not like birds. As soon as spring came, the swallow was well enough and he told Thumbelina it was time to say goodbye. She reopened the hole the mole had made in the ceiling, letting the sunlight stream into the dark tunnel. Will you go with me? asked the swallow. Thumbelina knew it would make the field mouse sad if she left without a word so she said no I cannot go farewell then child said the swallow and before Thumbelina could speak another word the swallow flew up and out high up into the trees tears came to her eyes as she watched him go for a moment she imagined herself up there with him said the bird before he flew out of sight. Soon it was summer, and the grain was so tall that Thumbelina felt she was in a vast forest. You must work on your wardrobe this summer. You will need woolens and linens and bedsheets and dresses, the field mouse told her. The loathsome mole had proposed to Thumbelina, and the mouse had accepted on her behalf. The girl was not at all pleased, for she did not like him. The field mouse hired four spiders to help Thumbelina spin and weave. The mole came for a visit every evening now and all he remarked on was how the sun would soon leave the earth to be cold again and as soon as summer came to an end, he would be marrying Thumbelina. Every morning and evening, Thumbelina would steal out the door and find a place to bask in the sunlight. Every time she did this, she wished she would see her dear swallow again they did not come back when fall arrived and Thumbelina's wardrobe was ready the field mouse told her the wedding should be in four weeks Thumbelina began to cry and said I shall not take him for my husband no fiddlestick stop your sobbing child or I shall bite you you have managed a superb husband his home is large and well supplied and not even the queen herself has as fine a velvet cloak as he before she knew it the wedding day had arrived and the mole came to take Thumbelina to his home where they would live. The mole's home was deep underground, and he told her she would never be permitted to go out into the sun again. Thumbelina cried as she stood in the sunlight for the last time. Goodbye, sun. Thumbelina walked into the field and closed her eyes, feeling the warmth of the sun upon her face. Farewell. Farewell. If you see my dear swallow, please send him, my love. And just as Thumbelina turned to begin her life in the dark with the mole, she heard Chirp, 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 chirp. She looked up and saw the swallow flying by. He was so happy to see her, as was she. Thumbelina told him how she did not want to marry the mole and live deep underground. Do not fret, dear girl, now that winter is coming. I shall fly far, far away from here to the warm countries. Won't you come with me? You can ride on my back. Just tie your sash onto one of my feathers and away we'll go. Far from the mole and his dark hole, over the mountains to warm lands where the sun is always bright and the flowers are always in bloom. Please come with me, dear Thumbelina. You saved my life when I lay frozen in that dark hole. Now let me save yours.' I will go with you, Swallow, said Thumbelina. She hopped onto his back and tied her sash to one of his feathers. And then they were off, into the sky high up above. Thumbelina could see all the land, the forests and lakes, the trees and flowers. Over the snow-capped mountains they went. And when Thumbelina felt cold, she crawled under the bird's warm feathers keeping her head out from under just enough to see all the wonderful sights below. Finally, they arrived in the warm countries. The sun was shining and the sky was a brilliant blue. Grapes and apples, lemons and oranges grew everywhere. The air smelled of myrtle and thyme and brightly coloured butterflies flew all around. It was the most magical place Thumbelina had ever seen. "'The swallow landed on a nest high atop a lofty marble pillar "'in an ancient palace now covered in beautiful vines. "'There were other swallows with nests all around, "'but this one belonged to Thumbelina's swallow. "'This is my home,' the swallow told her. "'If you would choose a flower down below, "'I shall place you on it, and you will have all your heart's desires.' "'Thumbelina clapped her hands in delight. "'That would be lovely, dear swallow!' One of the great white pillars had fallen to the ground. It lay broken in three pieces, and in between these pieces grew the most beautiful white flowers. Thumbelina chose one of the white flowers, and the swallow took her to it. How surprised she was to find a little man inside the centre of the flower. He wore a bright, shiny crown upon his head, and on his shoulders were a pair of wings. "'He was the same size as Thumbelina. "'He was the spirit of the flower. "'And Thumbelina came to find that in every flower "'there lived a tiny man or woman not more than an inch tall, just like him. "'But this man was king over all of them. "'He is quite handsome,' Thumbelina told the swallow. "'The king was afraid of the swallow for someone as small as he. "'The bird seemed like a giant.' When he laid eyes on Thumbelina, he became the happiest man in all the land, for she was the most beautiful creature he had ever seen. He took off his crown and placed it upon her head. He asked her name, and once he had learned it, he asked Thumbelina to be his wife, to be queen of all the flowers. Here was a husband she would like to take, not a frog or a mole, but a person just like herself. Quite a handsome and charming one at that. So Thumbelina said, yes. So they were married. All of the men and women of the flowers gathered, each one bringing Thumbelina a gift. But the best gift was a pair of wings. And When they were strapped to her back, Thumbelina could now fly from flower to flower. Everyone rejoiced and the swallow perched in his nest high above sang only his best songs for them. The flower spirit told her, You shall no longer be called Thumbelina. That is not a name for a queen. We shall from now on call you Maya. Thumbelina was happy with this, for Maya was a beautiful name. And she felt that now she belonged here, among the flower people. She knew this was her true home. The swallow watched over the girl for as long as he could, but he was sad, for he knew that soon he would have to fly back to faraway Denmark, where his nest waited for him, above the window of a woman who can tell you fairy tales. The bird sang to her every morning, and that is how we heard the story of Thumbelina. The End